0: Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game Podcast, brought to you by Dice Hate Productions. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 103, Lack of Content. I am your host, Ed Horn, and alongside me today, my good friend, Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend?
1: Good, Ed. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. And, of course, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going, my friend? Good. Thanks, Ed. Good. So we don't have a ton to go over. X-Wing related, so I think we're just going to kind of shoot the shit a little bit today, talk about the stuff we've been doing in gaming and let this let the dice fall where they may and see what see what comes out of this one. So we're going to start off with what we've been doing in gaming. Sean, how's the arcade going?
1: Uh, It's growing and growing and growing <laughs> and growing to the point where I think I'm going to have to move it to my basement.
0: Based on i thought we talked so we talked offline i thought you we were just gonna build a shed in the back <laughs> in the backyard no, that's, that's down it, the road that's down the road
1: <laughs> yeah so i just uh i picked up an at games pinball machine which is a it's virtual pinball of course um, but it comes with 105 different decks and then you can Whoa. buy more yeah so and you're getting the virtual version of real pinball machines in this too.
0: Yeah. So, you, had said, you said with the star Wars one that it actually did a good job of giving you that feel of like some, mm-hmm. you know, haptic feedback whenever you hit the, the flippers and things like that.
1: Kind of, you know, it, it has a, it, it has the, uh, the switches in it, you know, that will shoot little, little rods out and hit the sides of the thing and stuff. This one is supposed to be a lot better. I got the Star Wars one because it's Star Wars, you know. Of course, absolutely. And this one won't have the Star Wars ones on it. It'll have, you know, just all kinds of them. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, that'll be here next week, this week or next week. Um, and then I bought the at games. It's their Supercade or whatever they call it, which is it comes with 300 games preloaded. Not all of them are, you know the top top line games and stuff.
0: Yeah. You're going to get like the top 25 and then the rest of them are going to be those filler games kind of thing.
1: Um, yeah, probably, but it's what it is though, is it'll give me access to being able to add ROMs into it for a, you know, an actual arcade machine with anything that I want to play. And I have the super drive that has every arcade game that was pretty much ever made up to, you know, like two thousand eight or whatever. Oh wow. Yeah. So I have everything I ever wanna play, no matter what. It's just how I wanna do it, you know, how, how I want to disperse that. And I also bought a golden tea machine.
0: Yeah, you were telling me you wanted to get one of those.
1: So I got that. And then I have an IA arcade machine coming probably at the end of the end of the summer. Is when those will ship that's slowed down, you know, due to uh, supply chain, just like everything yep. else.
0: Just like everything else. So, days.
1: But that one will be a Dragon's Lair case, um, which I'm looking forward to. And then it has, you know, iArcade has over 300 games that you can that you can either buy or 11 come free and then you buy them. And over time they'll, you know, update and upgrade the games and stuff like that. So. Ultimately the way that it will work in my arcade is that I'll have right now I have in the house, I have seven arcade machines (laughs) and one and one pinball machine. So by the end of summer, I'll have 11 arcade machines and two pinball machines. And then I'm also going to get NFL blitz when it comes out. Such a great game. Yeah, from Arcade 1-Up. So that'll be another one that I get. Um, so that'll be 12. So really, it's just most of this will have to shift to the basement. I have the two party cades, which is Miss Pac-Man and Defender. They'll stay upstairs because they're hanging on my wall. I just mounted them to the wall. And then I think all the rest will end up going downstairs. The reason why everything kind of has to shift downstairs is I believe my son will be moving home for a couple years. Ooh. Um, so that'll that'll push things around you know from the way and and i really with my the the way that my brain works you know i i don't even though i work in an industry where i take measurements and have spatial (laughs) i can't figure out you know 22 inch arcade (laughs) machines so
0: it's like the old, it's like the old plumber thing. Like if you're a plumber or you're a mechanic, like you work on everyone else's cars, but your cars are crap and your plumbing yeah. doesn't work. You just don't want to do it when you get home.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I think what well, the good thing about it is, is these are light machines, you know.
0: So yeah, they're pretty I'll, easy to move around.
1: Yeah, I mean I can move them around pretty easily, and they'll they'll work. I have a I have a decent sized basement, and and uh, I have all the space. It's a work. It'll have to share space with my workshop and other stuff down there, but. I figure by the end of this, I probably will have, at the by probably, let's just say the first year, I'll have 14 or 15 machines in the house. The beauty of it is, one thing, you know, I keep people have asked me, you know, well, what about all the power use? Well, these have switches. You turn them off and you play them. You know, it's not yeah. like you're in an arcade all the time. It's you're playing the games you want to play when you want to play them. And that's kind of the... The concept of all of this is if i get the urge to play sinistar you know i turn that machine on and play sinistar or defender or whatever um you know it's just like any other hobby you you just have to you know you just have to figure it all out and you're, you can only play one game at a time anyway so
0: right unless you've got some kind of like gathering social gathering something like that i I don't we're at the age now i don't know if a party setup is necessarily quote unquote words that would come into our words but if you had some sort of social gathering you had a bunch of people over and they all wanted to play arcade games all at the same time you absolutely could but you're right you're probably going to fire one or two up at the same time
1: yeah i'm only going to have one on at the same time unless my son's playing then there'd be two if other people come over to play then yeah we'll turn more games on and stuff but the thing is, it's not like it's a big CRT monitor anymore that's, you know, eating up electricity like there's no tomorrow. These are all LCD screens and you know, roughly the consistency of a Raspberry Pi, you know. Right. But, so when you look at it, you know, there's not much power usage in these and the cool thing is, I'll get a little more into the hobby with it too because the the golden tee machines, arcade one-ups, 19-inch machines screens are the monitors they used a cheap monitor so they they're not IPS monitors so they wash out you know and when i play games i sit and play them so i bought you know this is a whole this is an entire you know field of people that figure this crap out but so they point you know everybody to the same Dell monitor and i bought a refurbished Dell monitor that's literally a one for one swap for the for the screen and basically it's going to be you know just my son and i will sit down and swap swap the screens out so we'll have a really good looking screen and and that and and you know the fun of it is figuring this crap out too you know what what will play on what and how and you know all of that it's it's a lot of fun it's it's uh it's a pretty cool hobby and then of course, with him home we'll be able to play 40k more consistently and stuff like that too, which
0: That's always a plus.
1: which will be nice too. So, um other than that I haven't done much, um you know, just spent money and and acquired more things that I have to find room for. So, <laughs> but it is what it is.
0: Anything else you want to cover?
1: No, nope, I'm good for this week.
0: Cool. All right. Chris, maybe you can help carry us. What have you been doing lately? Um,
1: uh,
2: working a lot still. Obviously, second kid on the way is eating up a lot of time. Trying to um, get ready to be a parent, and there's always work to be done at Sentrybox. So, actually, getting extra hours is never a problem. Um, hobby-wise, I've actually been trying to do more for Dice Hate and get all of that ready. Still. For going with my business plan for like trying to be able to give that to people and make it seem like a real thing um, maybe it's worrying that I don't believe it's a real thing sometimes so it's hard to you know sell it to people uh, yeah, but no, that makes that, sense that's progress is being made there um, I'm working with um, a, a local team um, so like government funded stuff about like a website and things was really good fun. Um, like she's been really helpful, uh, got some good ideas. Uh, So I've basically working through setting up a website again and, um, I just have to put, I'm going to set it up for free and then start paying once it's ready to go. Um, but just sucking up the fact that that's going to cost a decent chunk of money, but if I stop like, using dice hate to pay for as many of the things that I review. Like, you know, <laughs> maybe a all of money around in different ways. I, I I can make sacrifices in other areas and it should be all fine. Um
0: So you're telling me you have a, you have a, a government agency that, that that actually works well for you? No,
2: it's, uh, it's a government funded project. To help businesses um, become more online orientated, um, I actually need to send them some pictures of me and Evie doing some uh, making some portions uh, for their D and D stuff because they want to feature us for um, Father's Day as one of the businesses they're helping. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, um, well, it's been good. Um, that's that the like, dice hate side of it. Then I actually got um a company called portal games reached out to me a few weeks ago to ask if i'd review some board games so um, i posted Ooh. a video review of um batman everybody lies so we played that obviously i'm working on a written version but don't have a website to put it on yet, yet. um so that was really good fun and uh, i've got a, a second board game that's not out yet to um, do a review of but that's the first time uh a company's ever just reached out to me out of a blue that I like, wasn't expected or anything, so that was pretty cool. Like a little bit of validation. Um then the back door of the Sentry Box has finally been repaired, so I played uh, I I'd told everyone I was going to play X Wing and I had a bunch of cool list ideas cause like Rogue star Fighters are out and the clone Z ninety fives are out. Um and then I didn't have any time at all to look at lists for myself. And one of the people who used to play message to see if I'd do a, a, an intro slash demo game with him. So I made a list for him, and then just ended up doing the minimum changes to my Jedi list to be able to play. Um, because um, auto blast is a band now, and they are um, hot and hound swapped. Who has the higher loadout value? so I had to change my lap from hawk to hound which made it means I've got an i2 instead and just rejig some um some upgrades around but it was still good but we still worked in the same kind of way did the same kind of stuff um and I made a chewbacca in the falcon with
0: um
2: what's it it was bistan bays and um it's Dan Baze and Nyan Num on Chewy, So he can like double tap at different targets and have multiple focus tokens and do some shenanigans. And he wanted a B wing. So that was difficult to kind of fit everything around. But he got 10 num. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Nia- yeah. Yeah. Nyan Num was in was a crew for the Falcon and 10 nums find the B wing.
0: Got the brothers going.
2: <laughs> yeah um and then we did feyne Cairo as a an I nice an I i5 outmaneuver x-wing and uh it out with uh, the a-wing i kind of built the list on autopilot so it Was a couple of things in hindsight i would have done differently for a, an intro like returning to a game so it, it, it's not he'd really never played it's just not played for like three or four years so, um, it, I added a couple of overly complex things like the, the chewy gimmick was fine because once you see it once, it's really simple to like, okay, this is how it works. But the 10 num interactions and um, the way that vectorized cannons works on the A Wing was a little bit confusing, which you can attest to, Ed.
0: Yep. I, cannot, I was just thinking that because like, I know exactly how that feels to be like, hey, I mean, again, don't get me wrong. We do the show as often as we do, but like getting the on the tabletop experience, it's been a while. Um, it's funny that Chad and I were actually having this conversation over the weekend um, where sometimes I feel like whenever I get into the games on TTS, like there's just cards that I legitimately don't know what they do. Um, that's because I've not been keeping up. That is on me. That's not on the people I'm playing against. I'm not holding that against them. So sometimes you get a lot of gotcha moments. You're like, oh, that's what that does. And by that point in time, it's way too late. So yeah, I know exactly how that feels.
2: Um, I mean, this comes on to like, potentially something we could talk about all later on in the show. One of the things that's been on my mind this weekend is like, how much fun you can have playing 2.5 in relation to how much you want to win playing
0: 2.5
2: the importance of winning I think can hamper your enjoyment of a game but we'll get to that later
0: yeah I think we'll put that in our back pocket then
2: yeah Um, so I did I did play kind of like a fake game of x-wing It's no disrespect to Ben. He's a patron as well. So thanks, Ben. I'll drop your uh, your tokens off at some point this week. Probably maybe he actually came around to my house today to help me try and set up this 3D printer that I actually got off him.
0: Oh, Um, is that where the 3D printer came from?
2: Yeah, yeah. He um, I traded it to him for some 40k stuff, I think, or like whatever store credit that's irrelevant to me because I had a bunch of stuff I could just return. So,
1: yeah. Good. Maybe maybe
0: when you're ready we can talk about um, Tyranid Bone... I'm sorry, Space Alien Bone Sword Arms? Um, Because apparently the kits that I bought way back in the day, whenever I bought my Tyranid Warriors, uh, didn't come with Bone Sword Arms, and apparently the new kits do. And I need about 18 to 20 Bone Sword Arms, and I'm not willing to pay three bucks an arm for him. Well,
2: I, um, I have my first ever print running at the moment because, um, the pen drive he had wasn't recognizing, uh, the files and my pen drives. I believe they were actually in my, my rucksack, which was in the back of a car, which Jill had taken to work. So I said, oh, don't worry about it. I'll be able to figure it out. Jill got home. So I went and got the bag. And they're not in there. So now I fuck, where the fuck have these gone? So I took a trip to Walmart, grabbed a USB drive. And then, because I'm a fucking idiot, I didn't look into anything. I just grabbed a USB drive. So I picked up my, um, a 32 gig one for cheap. Yeah. But if it's over 16 gig, you can't format it, format it as fat 32. Correct. So then I ended up having to go in and create a partition on the drive. So I can make it (laughs) because uh, I had to update the firmware on the printer, but the printer wouldn't recognize the thing. And then the files wouldn't, uh, it was a a a, giant chain of just pain in my ass. But I I don't know, it, it it will be failing to print as we speak.
0: I don't know a ton about 3D printers. Um, but I would think that they would be advanced enough to get past the fat 32 file system that they'd be on at least.
2: So it was formatted as X 32 and it yeah. initially worked until I tried to actually. So I had the, um, the firmware on it and it had all the files. Uh, I went to open it on the actual 3d printer and it made some noises and did things. And it's the instructions <laughs> on the website, like turn it off after you've installed them, turn it back on and it'll work. So I turn it back on and everything seemed to work, but then it wouldn't recognize any files. Interesting. So then I, I formatted everything and tried to just reload them again. would not recognize any files. So yeah, I ended up I got it to work, obviously, but it was just a, more of a pain than it should have been.
0: Well, aren't there aren't there's STL files like pretty decent in size as far as like the amount of gigabytes they take up or they're not or are they not that big um
2: i can tell you Let's have a i'm look. just
0: curious because like you you would figure that somebody would have bumped into this before with like a larger print on a on their six
2: megabytes for a file
0: oh that's not so bad okay maybe so this that, is a, a ctb it.
2: file So, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's it's irrelevant. I got it working. I just I don't know if the print will work or not because I'm sat here recording. So whatever. I'm not too stressed about it.
0: Uh, it, It's a four hour
2: print for a single uh, tank trap because like whatever. I don't I don't even have anything I need to print. I just want to teach myself how to use it.
0: Yeah, no, of course. Absolutely. But like I said, once you do, once you get around to that point where things are working, let me know because bone sort of arms, I might, I'd be willing to find, we have a couple of guys at the store who um, have a couple of 3d printers. One person, um, some, this new guy at the store, um, had some non contemptor dread contemptor dreads that were printed out, but he had one of the filament ones and I didn't like it. Like legitimately the problems I have with the filament ones are like, they, they, they look 3d printed and when i say they look 3d printed you can see the lines as they are yeah, and i'm that's not a fan. i used to
2: have was a, a filament printer and that's what you've got isn't it sean
1: i gave mine oh. away but the oh, filament right. printers you have to you know you have to work with them you have to sand them you have to actually prep them yep. yeah yeah you know if you want them to look good you have to prep them and yeah
2: uh, oh i did mine for terrain that's all mine was for
0: well, see, that's um, what I would love to do. That, you know. If nothing else, that would be the sole purpose for wanting to get one, because I would love to do decent sized ruins, like gothic ruins and forty K terrain. Absolutely yeah. would be a good reason to do it. Uh, I don't lying. have I don't have nefarious purposes. Like I'm not gonna be one of those guys and we're like I'm gonna print a whole Warhound Titan uh, on you know for eight dollars. That's not what I what not what I want it for. I want it for bits, like, for example, the situation I'm in where I've got a Tyranid Warriors that my kits didn't come with bone sword arms. I'd like to just print arms as opposed to paying exuberant uh, third-party market prices for those. Or things like terrain, like cool-looking terrain to be able to build a couple of tables off it. Like, that would be the purposes I'd want for it.
1: And yours is resin, right, Chris? Yeah.
2: Yeah. A Mars 2 Pearl is what I've got. So it's a relatively small print area. I can't do like giant chunks of terrain on it, but it's just to get if I enjoy it and it's not too much of a pain because uh, I've got it set up in the garage. Um,
0: that's not it's not, not necessarily true. You could print larger terrain. You just have to do it in small pieces and then assemble it. Yeah, out right.
2: that's what I mean. But I, there's potential I could uh, upgrade it, but whatever. I'm not overly worried because I don't have any plans for what I even want to print yet.
0: It's <laughs> oh. just, I had an opportunity to get one and I did.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I'll, I know I'll find something. I was saying to Ben, he came around today and I was like, well, I ordered off, uh, well, I didn't order, I backed a Kickstarter that was a bunch of like Mordheim stuff. And uh, the difference in price for the all-in for the SDL files and the all-in for the models was like hundreds of like $200 more. but yeah. yeah, I wanted all of the models, but they're all still in the box and realistically I want them to be for um when I run Warhammer fantasy roleplay because obviously everyone's going to come round to my house. I'll have a a reliable group of people who'll come and play Warhammer fantasy roleplay at my house. Absolutely. I need the models and that's never going to fucking happen. So we're going to sit in the box never ever built and I'm like I can't afford to spend $300 on models. I'm never going to use that have zero value because they're so niche within a niche, within a niche. So it's not like I could just sell them to recoup my money. But if I back it and I just get the files and they sit on my computer, I'm still wasting an amount of money. But the the amount of money I'm wasting is less and it doesn't take up the space. Yeah, so it's just all digital. That, that feels like if I was a moron, I could convince myself of that <laughs> good just, justification for getting it on its own. <laughs> so I I never even need to buy resin to put in it. Just by having it, I save myself money by not buying models I'm never going to use.
0: Yeah. I mean, there is some kind of strange logic to that. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole thing. Well, like, I, I don't know if you're Significant others do this or not. My wife does this all the time. Oh, I went to the store and I bought this stuff, but it was on sale, so like I saved a bunch of money. You don't want to save even it, more. It's like drink,
2: drinking at happy hour. The more you drink, the more you save.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm sure I've made the same. I don't want to characterize that as like I'm sure I've made dumber decisions with money. My wife always buys stuff that she needs. It's just the the meant the process, the thought process of the well, it was on sale, so I I spent less money.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah that's it i i've played a little bit of necromunda i've picked up um uh, the demo i don't know why i'm holding it up because we're not doing a video of this but i got uh a demo set to do for um a game called mythos which Ooh. is really me game so that's I, what you were talking about the, before the it looks prairie cool. set
0: it does look it looks, cool. it looks really good
2: a bunch of like um rando people but it, it's well, um, larger scale minis like uh, Malifaux again. Um, I uh, obviously a night haunt I army mean, book, Battle Tome came out for Age of Sigma, and that was the I army. Mean, I was full time painting for the last three, three ish years. <laughs> so I picked that up and um, read about spooky ghosts. And then I said, like, oh, but I've still got more. But if I did Nurgle instead, I, I, my army's done. So then I went and yep. got the mag of kin of Nurgle battle tome. Um, so that was OK, because I got that one for free. So whatever yeah, so that works out. Um, but yeah, it's been good. I've got a giant backlog of things to work on for different projects. Uh, the um, the painting room is done again. So Finish I've had plan. to move everything around. So on, on today, because we're not going to be recording because we recorded three days ago, uh, I'll be paint doing a painting stream today. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, so another week without a painting
0: stream. Sorry. Um, I think this is, this one's a hundred percent Ed's fault. One hundred percent. My kids were at the last week of school. We have been trying to push kick, Kicking and screaming children down to the finish line of getting out of school. Friday was their last day. We're recording this on a Sunday. Um, so then it came down to I had two kids that were completely. Uh, this is the upside. If, in my honest opinion, one of the upsides of having our kids in cyber school this year is they can work at their own pace. Uh, there are pluses and minuses to that. The pluses are my, two, my oldest and my youngest worked ahead. And they started their summer vacation on Tuesday, even though they still had to go to Friday, um, because they were done with everything. They had to log in to, quote, unquote, get attendance. But for the most part, their summer vacation started on Tuesday. I then have two others that are kicking and screaming the whole way across the finish line to the point where it up at like 10 o'clock on Friday, doing the getting them across the lines for their last assignments and book reports and stuff. It was, I knew I was going. I could have probably recorded on Thursday. The problem was that would have put that hundred percent on my wife's shoulders, and that is totally unfair to her. So we tried to divide and conquer in this house. I took one, she took the other, and we got him across the finish line. I was doing. I still don't understand how these kids are going to get into like college knowing this new math. It, like I feel like this is my back in my no, day.
2: No. Covered no, um, no, lying we're lying. not having. I'm, if you talk about it, I'm just going to edit it out. <laughs> we're not, we're not doing it.
0: You're are, wrong. How? Ah, uh, they don't teach the kids how to memorize multiplication no. tables anymore.
2: So, so what you're saying is, it should teach kids parrot fashion, so that they don't actually understand why the answers are what the answers are, because that's how you learned. So they should actively make children stupider.
0: I don't know is that, that what I agree? I's that what you I don't, I don't know that I agree with that that assessment. What I can say is when you I just look-
2: said they don't even teach kids multiplication tables anymore. Yeah, they that, they that is learning the the number this equals this because I know this equals this because that's what I read on a piece of paper. It doesn't teach any understanding of why that number is what it is, which is what the mathematics that they are learning actually does.
0: See, you and I are just going to have to agree to disagree on this one. And we'll move on because you're right. You don't want to edit this one. All I can say is when you're trying to help someone when you have learned math the way that us old geezers did and you're trying to look like you have to relearn math in order to even be able to help them. So occasionally they dip into things like right now she's doing like, you know, inequalities and quadratic equations. Okay, that I know and that hasn't changed so that I can help with (laughs) anyway. I was up to 10 o'clock oh, not doing math, helping her learn how to do math anyway. Yeah. So it's all uh, Ed's fault. It Ed takes responsibility for it. It's my fault.
2: I, I, me and Sean couldn't record on a Saturday, which would normally be our fallback anyway. Cause like I said, I, I worked, um, so I had a D and D birthday party to set up for and, um, an that Infinity was- tournament to, to uh, set up for. I wasn't actually running either of them, but I was the the liaison because I I've, I moved myself into a more hands off role
0: wherever I can. D&D birthday party sounds awesome.
2: Yeah, uh, they do. Uh, we've got a DM who comes in and it uh, does like um, a one shot for D&D. It's good fun. Well, always have good feedback. So, yeah, big fan. Yeah, that's. One, uh, that one and fantastic. this one was pretty pretty hard work because it was a bunch of eight year olds, which is on the lower end of um, of where it would normally be. But um, you know, I didn't have to do it, so get rectum.
0: Yeah. So the problem that you have DMing uh, groups that young is keeping their attention span. Um, some folks, some, some children have the capabilities and will will be right in there with it. And then some of them get bored easily and they're off doing their own thing mentally that is not involving in the game. So it can't yeah, be but really- I, I
1: don't think it's any different though than watching a bunch of 20 somethings at a D and D table, looking at their phone. This is true. Or a bunch of 40 somethings at a D and D table, arguing about rules that don't even exist in the game. You know, it's all the same thing. It's just your, you know, at eight years old, you're not really comprehending D&D. You're comprehending bits and pieces, you know? It's simple things.
2: I've got it on the shelf behind the pile of board games that, again, no one can actually see. But um, I picked up uh, No Thank You Evil for it to be a game I'm going to play with Evie, Um Probably, well, once I have time, we can actually sit down with nothing else.
0: Oh, uh, can, I, can I recommend a game for you? And I want to get the name correct, because Delilah, my youngest, just picked this game up when we were at the game store. We had an absolute blast. It's called Kitty Paw. It is a dexterity game. Basically, you have to you get cards and you have to try to recreate what's on the card with these little tokens. It's a hoot. It absolutely is a ton of fun. There are some cutesy rules, like whenever you're done, you have to put your hands up and go, meow. Yeah, because uh,
2: so, <laughs> no, thank you. Evil is actually um, a role-playing game for like four-year-olds.
0: Ooh.
2: It's an RPG where you just like you're just telling you're telling a fairy tale, and they get to decide what we want to do, and then you just assign a dice roll to how hard it would be, kind of thing. And it's just a D6. That's cool. Um, and they have like really ch- trimmed down rules, but then you get to be like a thing, if you're like a four, a four or five year old, but if you're like seven or eight, you get to be like a thing. Who's a? And then you could have a something. Who's a thing that does it? So like you have um, it's what's a good example? So it'd be like I'm a a princess. Oh, then I'm a fairy princess, uh, and then I'm a fairy princess who's good at shooting. So you add in like skills yeah. and careers and different yeah, the, things too. like um,
1: yeah, on it, which is cool.
2: Uh, yeah. You can in, like, you can have all of those intermingled so you could play with like the full family kind of thing, um, super easy to, and like very low maintenance to run. And like, it says it's like 40 minutes to an hour to like 90 minutes. would be a long session kind of thing,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but just That's as a way to to uh, start playing role playing games
0: so um, my daughter
2: the- can never leave the house so she'll uh, always be able <laughs> <to play D&D laughs> with me
0: always 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 so one of the other games that got recommended to us that we passed on and we ended up with kitty Paw. was uh, a game called animal adventures uh, that is basically it seems very similar it is a a, a Intended for children like six to eight years old, um, but all your characters are animals. So, for example, you've got the bull Bullmaster Fighter, or this is the uh,
2: Steam Forge games, the Steam Forge um, game, IV yeah, compatible. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah,
0: but, yeah, but like the, 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 the minis are really sharp. Like, I like, yeah. I if she'd have been the, more interested, I may have fought a little bit harder. Like, oh, yeah, that sounds like it'd be a they cool I have
2: one. um, Cats and Catacombs as a setting, exactly. Um, <laughs> There's a dog, a more dog themed one. Um, But yeah, it's an entire. Dungeons
0: and doggies. I'm looking at at the website right now.
2: Yeah, Um, I've been working a bit closer with Forge games. I've got two of their epic encounters boxes that I brought back from Gamma that need to go on the painting stream. Um, I have. Again, I don't know why I'm looking for it to show you because we're not doing video. It's Habit now. But they did um a one shot for free RPG Day, which I've got a couple of which I was gonna do a giveaway for at some point. Um but yeah, and then I picked up Horizon Zero Dawn, um the Ooh. board game.
0: Oh the board I've, game, okay.
2: I've not well, so I I picked up a board game because we hadn't stocked it in the store, so I did a big order and um for my opening the account we we're getting 75% Discount, so I picked up a copy of Horizon Zero Dawn for myself because you know seventy five percent off.
0: Yeah, why wouldn't why wouldn't you? Absolutely. Uh,
2: but, but then I was like, oh, I did this last time with Dark Souls when I played that. When I like, I hadn't played Dark like the video game, so I haven't opened the box yet. But I did go and find a cheap copy of Horizon Zero Dawn, the PS4 game. So I've played like an hour of that maybe. Um, so that's been pretty neat running around shooting arrows at robot dinosaur things.
0: Yeah. Gabe's waiting at some point in time. We're going to, I'm going to be forced into a situation where I need to get up, get a PS five at some point in time. I think he's waiting for the PS five version of it because I guess it looks better and performs better. Oh, on the so PS5. yeah. Um,
2: so this is zero dawn. This is the old one. I know the uh, new horizons uh, I well, think and is out now. Yeah. I saw it in Walmart has today. One. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's the main character. Is still a little girl at the start of that one, which I assume if it's the same storyline character, which I don't know, might not be spoilers. I um, don't.
0: I genuinely didn't play the game. I don't know. I think it is the same character, but again, that is yeah. completely, completely. I guess.
2: Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's been me. That's uh, waffling on for a while about um, not X-wing, but I did make a a rebel list and tweet my Republic list. Uh,
0: well, if I'm going to get the X-Wing stuff out of the way, I'll get that out of the way. I have been tweaking with and toying with two list ideas for Imperial and rebels, but I want to get some battlefield experience for it and I just haven't had the opportunity. It's been a weird couple of weeks for me. Um, I've not been able to make it to the game store two weeks in a row due to circumstances beyond my control. Um, the week before, um, I think my wife was still out of town whenever she went to go visit her place of work for her yearly, once a week visit to, to the on-site. And then this past Tuesday, we were still doing homework, which basically killed any shot that I had of going to gaming. So I haven't got a chance to sit down and get any dice on table or miniatures across the boards. However, I have been doing some assembly and I have been doing some painting. Uh, I did get that combat patrol for my birthday of the Sisters of Battle. And since I'm not a complete heretic, um, for those who don't know, I recognize that this is going to be mostly extant. so some of this might fall on deaf ears for, for some of you, but when building the Rhino chassis tank, it has been this way for decades, they model that particular tank with an interior. If one is so inclined, you can paint that interior because they do design one door in the back of the Rhino to be able to be opened. You don't have to glue it and you can look inside and see that a vast, vast majority of the people that I know just glue that door shut and don't think another thing of it. So there's an interior to that tank that you're never going to see. And so why bother painting it? But because I'm not a heretic, because all the ones I wanted, I insisted on painting the interior. So if I'm going, so I've got all the other models in the combat patrol assembled. They are assembled, primed. I even did a Zenithal highlight over all of them before I start painting them. I'm going to give that technique a try for the first time. Uh, I did post pictures of this in our Discord too, where I painted the interior of the tank and then finished assembling it because it's the only way you can do it is to paint it before you assemble it. If you try getting a paintbrush in there after it's assembled, God help you. Like it's just never going to happen. But I'm trying to do this with the most exquisite amount of detail. I'm trying to use all the skills I have learned over the years to make, because it is sisters of battle. They tend to have more ornate, more decorative, everything their units are more decorative their tanks are more decorative they've got a tank with an organ on the back and like candles and stuff so like you genuinely have to like so i'm trying to make this the most detailed best work that i can i'm not 100 percent satisfied with how it turned out because god help me if i can something about base, gw base um paints the base coat paints i, I I still can't seem to find the right formula for getting those thin down correctly. I don't know what it is. I got that uh Ussera gray and I was trying to do the white, you know, uh Inquisitor eye with the wings on the shoulder pad of the the tank fighter, the 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 woman in charge that in charge of the the stormbolter and I just touched it with a paint and it's just bleh. it just and i i thin my paints so i don't know what's going on i feel like every base paint that i have like Corex Whites another one does it maybe it's just the whites from gw i don't know um seem to be a little bit too thick so there's one area that i really really want to touch up because i don't feel that it came out correctly but beyond that it's done it's it, i've got the whole thing assembled and painted and as a reward to myself i went out whenever we bought Kittypaw, actually. I went there for the sole reason of getting more, more of involved. She is the Supreme Commander of the, the uh, Adeptus Sororitas, and I, as a reward to myself for painting that, I got to put her together, and she's sitting primed. I still need to do the Xenothal hi- uh, highlight over her, but it's sitting there. But that means everything that I have in that combat patrol has been assembled, primed, and Xenothal highlighted, and ready to go for, for applying paints. The other thing that I had trouble with... God help me if I can figure out why. Uh, Chris, I had actually like I threw up a red flag for Chris because I'm like, why? I have two stores within a reasonable driving distance um, that sell GW paints directly off the shelf. Like they have them in the store, and I have two colors that I'm looking for. It's this Galvalbrek uh, red and Corax black. These are supposed to be base regular colors. They're on the GW site for regular, but both of my stores did not have them on hmm. the shelf. Couldn't find them. And I'm like, wait. So, Games Workshop has a tendency to change their formulas and change their color names every couple of years. So I kept thinking, so I'm not. So, I'm, what are you,
1: what, which ones were you looking for?
0: I spoiler alert. I did end up finding them, um, but it's uh, Galvorax Red, which is kind of like a wine. Like it's almost like a, mm-hmm. a, a between like a red and a purple. It's supposed right. to be for the underside of the cloaks of Armored Lady, um, Sisters of Battle. And the other is a Corvus black and it's not actually black. It's just a dark, dark gray. Okay. But so long story short though, I couldn't find these two colors in these two stores. And I'm like, okay, so did they name change? Like, I'm not going to lie, like legitimately when I'm going to paint these, I'm I always look at videos like kind of get ideas. I've asked I've asked Chris for some ideas. One of the favorite pe- my favorite people, my favorite artist um, is Duncan Rhodes. Uh, and for those whose name that doesn't ring a bell to uh, Duncan Rhodes used to work for Games Workshop. So whenever Games Workshop had a new model, new paint line or something, out, like they have some of their best painters go and do these quick little five, 10, 20 minute videos and put them up on YouTube. And Duncan Rhodes was highly, highly featured in those videos because he's a very good, very skilled um, painter. And he, he explains it in a method that I actually like it. He's actually kind of gone off on his own and has Duncan Rhodes Studio. Check that out on YouTube if you're really interested. Free plug for him. Um, but he has a whole line of painting Our Martyr Lady uh, Sisters of Battle. So I'm w- looking at his video going, okay, here's all the paints I need. And I get to these two colors. And I'm like, well, did they get rotated out? Did they come up? So long story short, how it turns out is apparently they add more colors to the palette, and unless the store is keeping up with them, they don't get them reordered. Right. So these, these two colors must have been two new, newer colors from the point in time that they filmed this video And both stores that I have have never expanded their, their shelves to include those colors. So I had to go to eBay. I had to go to eBay to get them
1: it looks like and chris might be able to help with this but it looks like when citadel does their colors and then their new stuff every year they give you like an expansion hanger thing to hang on the rack that you have so it's like another one that you're hanging on and if a store doesn't order it then they're behind the curve and of course then if it's at that time when nobody has paint which happens a lot around here where yep they just even the Warhammer store runs out of paint to where, or he'll have one, two, maybe three cans that he has to, you know, fester out as you know you you can only buy one at a time you know during those times. Yep, it, it can be a pain in the ass finding paint. That's for sure. I have a ton of paint, and I really don't have any paint on models, so I can't really speak to that. But I will say I do have a bunch that are primed. I just don't have the rest of the paint, although. What's cool, and I will say this, and I don't mean to j- jump on your short story. No, no, that no. Long but... was uh, <laughs> was the uh, magazines I'm getting.
0: Ooh, uh, yeah, wor- uh, oh yeah, the war. Oh, I can't remember the title off the top of my head. It's I'm drawing a blank.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting the magazine. I have it on my. You guys have should have access to it on my Google Drive, but the magazines that I'm getting are cool because they actually give you pretty good details on how to paint basic stuff.
0: Yeah. That's one of you the know. things that like, uh, Imperium. white wife. White, yeah, that's what it is.
1: Imperium magazine.
0: But white dwarf magazine used to be fantastic just for that. Like the painting articles alone were fantastic. They did. God, this has to be 20 years ago. Now, Chris, you I'm probably, I'm definitely dating myself for this at one point in time. Games workshop did a compilation of all of their um, hobby and painting uh, articles. And they did it in one big book. So i visions. Yeah, thank you. So like there was one book where they did a compilation of all of those. That that was a book I absolutely it's here somewhere. I have to go find it. It's on the shelf over there. Absolutely was a, a, a godsend in the times before YouTube where, OK, you see the guys doing this, you see the colors, they tell you to do it, but they don't show you anything about technique. That was those magazines back in those days were godsend for those.
1: Mm-Hmm,
0: But yeah. in, any, and in any case, so I finally got the two P The two, the 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 problem, of course, is. They're the first two colors I need to put on the damn models of the Sisters of Battle. I need to paint the underside of the cloaks and then Mephiston red on the back of the cloaks, and then I need to paint Corvus black for the armor. So two of the three colors that I needed to paint my Sisters of Battle, I didn't have access to. So at least I got to put enough time into the Rhino to make it look the way that I wanted it to. I like the way overall how it turned out. I might yank that lady off and do a new... Uh, do her again if i come up with maybe finding a better white that goes through there but in any case it's one model painted one model done more to go i've got a lot to go but i i my plan for the next couple of weeks is going to be painting sisters of battle so i'm applying paint to models that's a good thing that's happening i get to face one of my biggest fears one of the reasons i was really afraid of this army in the first place which is faces i don't know if i'm going to try eyeballs. I've seen people just, you know, oh, their eyes are all closed. <laughs> just don't. I think
2: um, <laughs> one of the, if my painting setup works, I can finally do a tutorial on how I paint eyes. But,
0: I was wa- I was watching this other YouTube. She uh, I. I feel like my hands aren't steady enough and I like, I have good, I have good Kalinske brushes, uh, sable brushes. They keep a sharp point. It's not the brushes fault. It's my fault. I know it's me trying to just get dot that little pupil on the eye kind of thing. And I'm going to, like a whole don't the pupil. Your, you don't dot you, you. No,
2: you do a cross. The horizontal cross is white. The vertical line of the cross is black.
0: All right, now I you need paint, a visual. You paint that, that, that makes across the sense. eye in
2: white yeah. and you oh, paint, paint the eye in black I and see. then you tidy up for flesh.
0: I see what you're saying.
2: Because
0: I've if never you, if you, heard if you that pull, before.
2: Look at a picture, pull up any picture of one, of one of your kids on your phone right now and look at it and look at their eyes. The iris of the eye is touching the upper eyelid and the lower eyelid. You, unless you're like, like really st- I'm doing like crazy eyes at the camera that no one else can see now, <laughs> but like your eyes do like don't. You don't have whites yeah. around it. So why would you dot because you'd only oh. dot if you're trying to do a circle, but it shouldn't be a circle because it's chopped off because of your eyelids.
0: That is real. Oh, I'm going to have to give that but, a shot. I, I'm I'm starting with Seraphim, so like well maybe not Seraphim. I think I might just start with my regular sisters. But, but that's um, why
2: people who are learning to paint models and do faces very early on, everyone looks really surprised because they're like <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> They all look like someone like someone popped a balloon right next to them.
2: Again, audio description. Chris Weens jumps back in his chair with a fearful look, eyes wide. <laughs>
1: So and, wait, it was, right. and it was a very fearful look, people. Because I'm a
2: professional. Completely... I, I could right, so be wait, wait. an actor, Sean, you know. So,
0: so right. now I've got a question. So if you're doing irises, so I assume you're, if you're doing the cross, the, the horizontal part of the cross is the white, correct? Yep. Yep. Where does the color in the eye come in? Where does the no, iris? You, you, just do you, it you just do
1: black. You just do it black. no point in doing ah. color in an eye especially
0: that small
2: yeah, like yeah if you're worried about dotting the eyes you're not ready to do irises yeah
0: okay why like, what, what you
2: know when you're ready to try and do irises
0: all right all right that's 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 extraordinarily helpful because it's the one thing that i am genuinely afraid of because if nothing else and i'll have to see if i can find examples of it um one thing that will ruin and i do mean absolutely ruin um a model is everything else can look fantastic and good and they've got like as Chris is trying to expli- explain those super surprise eyes and they're like cross all oh, the crazy eyes yeah but you know that, that that will ruin a model like without a doubt so i'm i'm going to have to give it a shot the other thing that i wanted to do um is if i get time this week i'll
2: make an instagram short or something just showing here we go i don't have any faces that need eyes painting on them right at this second though so i have to do some quick um quick heads or something
0: so i'm gonna put that in podcast crap like this is what oh come on control v there you go. This is what I'm afraid of, Sean. Uh, maybe Chris can put this up later or put drop it in. That, that that is the surprise look that he's talking about with dotting the eyes. Like that is what I'm afraid of. Is the like someone pops the balloon oh, right I'll put it into a balloon right next to the painting? No, chair. that
1: dude. That that's a look of shit in your pants. Right.
0: <laughs> right, right. Exactly. That's, that's what all guard
2: guardsmen always. That was the exact look he's going
0: for. Well, maybe you might be right. He might be going for that. He's playing
2: against Tyranids.
0: You might be right. He might be going for that look.
2: (laughs) He's playing against Tyranids and someone's wrote Jones on the back of a base of a guy sitting next to him. There's an old school reference that no one's (laughs) got joke for one. (laughs) Do you even get that Tyranid reference?
0: No, that must be before my time.
2: Uh, the second edition Codex, I believe it was, had a rule for Tyranids called "Jones is acting strangely," and I it do was remember a, uh, that. The, one of your models just explodes as if there were a barb strangle around.
0: I do remember that. I didn't. So I didn't play in that edition. That and that, I. Well, all right. So I have the second edition uh, Tyranid Codex only because I have every Codex that has ever been printed for them because it's one of my favorite armies, and I collect those so like i found one for like five dollars at a garage sale or something like that and i, I picked it up because oh like just because i didn't have it it was really good condition
2: yeah, jones is acting strangely it's, it's a fun reel he'll like it
0: i'm gonna have to go back and read it I have to go back and read it but yeah so like in typical ed fashion though so like i've got it was i had an interesting encounter so when i'm going through and trying to find these trying to find these paints i stop up at the game store a new player has showed up to the game store which is fantastic i love that I love seeing new. I guess he's just recently moved into the area, and he's like, "Oh yeah, no, no, I am looking to pick up a game. Are you here to play today?" I am like, "No, no, I am just picking up paint. So, you know, I, I'll i be back. I'll be by next week to see you, and we'll we'll get a game together." And he's looking for more of a competitive game. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, sure, I, I can go that one." And I am sitting there talking out loud, going, "Oh well, you know, Tyranids are kind of the hot thing right now, and you know, you know, this is gonna be our first game. I want to try to make it more friendly, so I'll, I'll bring my necrons." And he's like, "Okay, that's great." Then I walk away from there. And I talked to the, the, one of my other friends and he's like, yeah, th- you're not going to have fun with that game at all. Uh, the, one of the guys I'm playing crusade with, I'm like, well, wh- wh- what do you mean? He's like, yeah, there's no fun to be had in playing again. He's like, that is a smash face win it all cost." I, he's like, you are not going to have fun with that game in any way, shape, or form. And I'm like, aww. Like, my logical thought process was, okay, Tyranids right now are the top of the meta. And, it, like, by far, that book is uh, super strong. And then here I am, stepping away from that, which is, sh- I, I should be kicking myself, because they'll be bad again, and they'll be really well, bad for years.
2: It's almost like i published an article, like, on the Century Boxes blog, maybe two weeks ago now talking about when it's okay to say no to a game.
0: Hmm. So you should
2: look that article up and have a read.
0: Maybe. Maybe.
2: And find out why when it's okay to say no. No,
0: nah, nah, I'm good. So there's two there's two schools of thought on that one. And maybe we can kind of the first school, Sure, I can absolutely see that. Like if I am in a very, very different place now, hobby wise, there is a part of me in my past that would have been bring it on like i'm playing i'm i'm meta chasing i'm making sure that my my i'm keeping up with everything that's going on in the game i would love to take on that list and and crush it into the ground and like but that's not where i am in my life right now do you know what i mean like i'm having more fun with I'm currently building an army that is a suboptimal Sisters of Battle army not because the army's good but because I like the lore of the Ar- Mart- uh, the the Order Ar- of Armar Lady they are not by any stretch the the most opportune army the most the best army they did win a GT not too long ago but like I I'm building it for the fluff like I that's the whole reason why I wanted sisters in the first place is cuz I love the fluff behind that particular army I'm playing the fluffy army for me and I'm just in a different place <laughs> right now. The so, the, the so yeah, I could see that being an argument of going, well, maybe I turn that game down because I'm not going to have any fun in that game. The second side to that, though, is it's a new player walking in the door. You want more people in the game. You want people to keep walking in. You want to see games played each and every week. So if you turn that game down, does that discourage that player from coming to play in the store again? Maybe that's all that guy needs. Maybe that all that's all that person needs is one person to play them. And while they're playing the game, recognize, you know, this isn't the store for super competitive play. We're all here kind of just having fun. Maybe tone it down the next time you kind of come in kind of thing. If you really want to pick up games and have fun. Not that I'm trying to tell anyone that the way that they play the game is wrong. Like if your idea, and I've said read this. Read the
2: article, man. Let's go and read the article. Yeah, I it, it, well. it, if you play him. And you're, you bring a fluffy army. You've just ruined his night. He could have played a real game, not against the fucking shit. All like you maybe you're just wasting his time?
0: Maybe. Maybe you're right.
2: All right you get to be a, a, a salt little bitch for losing. And he's <laughs> pissed off because he didn't get a real game. Maybe,
0: maybe. no one be... leaves
2: happy. You
0: no, could but leave that's right. the
2: I think like, like you said, it's everyone has fun in their own way. So right. when when the win at all cost player meets a fluff bunny, no one's wrong. But no one's right, either. The correct answer was to not play the game. I mean,
0: don't get me wrong. I can try to make my Necrons as competitive as possible, but they are suffering from first Codex syndrome um, in ninth edition, where as much I will arguably say that this is the most balanced form of 40 K that I have ever played, Um, not necessarily in what is actually printed in the books. But GW is much quicker to react to nerfs, much quicker to react to points adjustments and able to take those armies that are dominating the meta and tamp them down a bit and get them back to where they, sh- they probably should have been. I- I'm
2: going I'm to ask you one 40 qu- 40k question before I move us on to some actual X-Wing. Sure. Um, are you having more fun playing Crusade than you thought you would?
0: Oh God, absolutely not. not, I'm not saying that you're, I'm, I'm not saying you were wrong. I've definitely having more fun playing crusade.
2: No, I told you you would, I told you, you should be playing crusade. That would mean I'm right.
0: What it feels like. All right. So here you want the, here's the honest answer here. Legitimately, it doesn't feel all that different on the table from a regular game. The objectives are a little bit different. The missions are a little bit different simply because I didn't play them. But for all intents and purposes, from beginning a game to end a game, it feels like, it feels like the same game. Stratagems are still used. There's still objectives. Even though they're different the way they're set up. The game look dice are still rolled the same. What it does do though, is I am a closet blood ball player and I love the game of blood bowl. I love the idea of the, my team gets stronger throughout games like it's one of the things about games with 40k like this from an if you're kind of trying to go into more of a narrative direction every time you play a game of 40k there's no story behind it's like you're you i'm here you're here we move dice roll dice i beat you we move on to the next game there's nothing behind it whereas the idea that not only that i play this game. This unit got an upgrade. That unit got an upgrade. Ooh, that one's hurt and can't actually... like. I love the story behind it. It definitely scratches that itch. So it, it scratches both itches of playing on the tabletop, fun, oodles of fun, but also scratches the... There's something to it. This game matters in a way to my army because they get an upgrade if they with this. If I have this one, I have specific missions to that specific unit that says, if they do this... They get a free upgrade going into the next going into the next one so it may not necessarily fit the mission but i'm going to go send this unit of zoanthropes just to hide out in the corner because i need them to get that upgrade that does this like there's a lot of cool stuff behind it so i am enjoying it yes yeah
2: i love being right it's my favorite
0: yeah of course you do all right
2: you're old now i knew you'd like a more fluffy version of the game
0: it is. It's, it's a ton of fun. Although I will freely admit, and I meant to, I did say it was in the pregame, I was going to mention this. I have been watching a lot of the, there's two good streams going on right now, as far as uh, if you're interested in watching any levels of competitive 40k. Um, the frontline gaming guys have already done all theirs. They just had the Bay Area Open, and I watched a bunch of that because sisters won the Bay Area Open. So I wanted to see those games from him, that guy and see how he plays them. Um, but there is this other guy I need to mention. His YouTube channel is War games Live. If you go and check this out, this guy is living the dream and he's doing the Emperor's work. He cut himself an RV and it's loaded with streaming equipment. And he quite literally, every weekend, drives to a new event and streams that event. Doesn't ask any money for it, although some of the events do kick him gas money, but like legitimately he is completely living off of his YouTube AdSense, Patreon money, and super chats that go through and do it. Like that's how he's affording to do it. He thought he'd be able to do it for a few weeks. He's going on seven, eight months now of doing it. They were actually in Sean's neck he was in Sean's neck of the woods um this weekend doing the bug eater GT. So like there's just something romantic to me about the idea of me and my dog we're just gonna get in the R V, we're gonna go to these events, we're gonna stream all this stuff, meet a whole bunch of fun people, have some good drinks all of this
2: bit and send it to your wife and kids.
0: I'm just saying, like, not that I—it's
2: it, nothing to do with going st- around playing 40k and streaming. It's not having any responsibilities anymore. Exactly That's what you're yeah, actually yeah, well, asking for. Clearly, yeah, man, I, I wish I was a fucking bum who lived out of an RV. Wow, <laughs> down immensely. by the river.
0: As long as it's down by the river, then maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying, I couldn't fucking do loser. it. I appreciate that not the
2: not you. F- imagine. Even fucking Dion's got a, a fucking family, man. He does. No, this is why fucking case, Subpar and X-Wing is always where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> How would well, people I who gonna... travel and stream yeah. do it whilst maintaining an actual life?
0: I have no idea. Because you get to figure there's travel time. But, like I don't know, what, I don't know where, you, where he's from. Sean,
2: did you know it was there because you could smell him? <laughs>
0: <Cool>. <laughs>
1: wow. The
2: second this fucking crusty loser in his RV crosses interstate line. Fuck me, 40K streaming is happening this weekend, boys.
0: (laughs) I was trying to be nice. Like I look. Don't listen to don't listen to Chris. If you ever get, get your ears on this, don't listen to Chris. He's wrong. If you're doing what you enjoy and this is you living your best life, enjoy it. Have fun. I'm just appreciating <laughs> that he does it, and I think he does a good job at it. Like he's got some badass cameras, robotic cameras that do like all the little three. Like he can twist and turn them and zoom them in really high. He's got this little one yeah, that is like a that's why I Show Joe. <laughs> oh my God. You're so mean. You're so mean.
2: I'm never going to click on his content. I give zero for I mean, it can come at me. I don't care because like at the end of this recording, I'm going to go upstairs, check on my daughter, make sure my wife's OK. Take the dogs for a walk. you know, like I might be a shit streamer, but rest of my life's looking pretty OK. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. So on that note, by all means, please transition us into X-Wing.
2: No. I uh I heard that um it might be a movie meta.
0: Ooh, I did yeah. hear something about this.
2: So like rebel lists which are like Luke and Wedge. Imperial lists which are like TIE swarms or Vader.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like just having named people make an old games suddenly feel feel like they're like thematic. It's mm. like Oh, are we in a movie matter or are generics just shit? Like, maybe both of those things can be true. And it doesn't really matter how good generics are, does it? Because you fill out the point if you want to fly a TIE swarm, fucking hell, they all have names now. I think. What? Correct.
0: Listen,
1: um, I mean, cons- so I don't need generics. Right.
2: Well, if I want to run an efficient squad, it's allowed to have a name and like I said to you today, uh, the the X Wing game I played, I just swapped my lap for the one that had the biggest world out, so I could take the upgrades I wanted. I didn't even read Hound's ability because yeah. I didn't have time. I didn't care what the ability was. Well, I didn't I we, care we what Hound's ability was.
0: Before. Like yeah. we hit, we hit on this one before. Like in the early early days, there weren't enough. Before they started dipping into the EU for ships and pilots, there just simply weren't enough named pilots to be able to pull that off. So, like, even with the TIE fighters, like, they had what four or five TIE fighters that were named TIE fighter pilots, Hellrunner being one of them. Um, But the rest of them had to be generics. They just didn't have enough pilots to be able to fill those roles.
2: It's not even that. It's like, if you go through now, like, the list that won the UK GT, uh, the World's Qualifier, was nice. Tyson. I'm not I can't remember the upgrades. I'm doing this very much off the top of my head. So Ed can maybe fact check me if you ended up finding anything about it. But I believe it was Hellrunner, Iden, um, Scourge. Then it was two ISP Jingleists, Wampa, uh, and I'll be missing one. So probably Delmico, I would guess was the other one or, or Gideon, depending on if you want offense or defense. And that would be a seven tie swarm, like you've got named pilots left over. I'm like, yeah, you, you two ISB jingoists are, um, like, are they generics? Are we named? Doesn't matter. They're limited, you know. But and just why wouldn't you run all of that? Why why would you want to run black squadrons over those?
0: Well, so. I think we've talked about this before. We've hit on this topic before. Back in the day, it was the chassis not the pilot. So it didn't necessarily mean usually what happened was you were paying points for the abilities.
1: Actually, actually I, I I you were paying points for when you were moving and when you were firing, more Correct. than anything else when it came to generics. So if you're using black squadrons I can't remember. There were what pilot skill fours or something yeah, like
0: that. Correct,
1: because so, you had
0: you had the academies, obsidians, and then black squadron. Black squadron also opened up because they had the the, uh, the right. talent slot.
1: You you had howl runner. So the reason why you ran black squadron was a they were cheaper, but b they fired be before the rebels ones and twos. Yep, they before their after. generics. Correct, and you had howl runner in there giving them the re-rolls so you didn't always have to have the, the tokens, you know? And I think that that was the big thing about generics in first edition, especially was because of the way they stratified pilot skill. And well, and if you remember, edition, like if,
0: if they came out with a ship that had a generic, but the generics like had a starting off of a pilot skill of like four, I'm trying to think of, I think it was the, um, oh, was it when the, Bounty Hunter came out. That was one of the reasons why the Bounty Hunter was such a big deal. It was a three. It was a pilot skill three. Exactly. It was a generic at a pilot skill three, which out, you know, out pilot skilled other generics that people would be tossing in. That's why it was such a big deal.
1: Yeah. But when you're looking at, I'm looking at it, you know, because the problem was you could only field what, two of those, three of those at a time. Correct. You you could field three, three in first edition and three in second edition. But what I'm talking about as a swarm heavy game that that's what the game started out as that's what won the first worlds it's won until until second edition came in when you started getting other things like the b-wing which is a great knife fighter but you still ran those at a low pilot skill and of course you ran it with bigs and another probably a red i would guess at that point you know, and, if and, and I remember
0: Biggs walks the dog correctly. It's the three, uh, it's the three, not the daggers. It was the three blues and Biggs.
1: I don't remember, but but it was the daggers. Oh, yeah, was it we, the daggers? The, the evolution, so. the evolution of the game is because Biggs forward, walks the dogs. Yeah, yeah, right. When you, when, when you got to three, then you had quandaries because wave three. Brought in, you know, other ships, and then of course when the Phantom came in, it just kind of threw everybody. But in that time, you know, you had the thing with X Wing was always how the rock paper scissors matchup went, and that's what determined what was on the field. You know, you look at uh, you look at shuttle Palpatine with uh, Suntir Fell,
0: Fell Vader right? Palpatine, one of my favorite lists of all time.
1: Hard to beat.
0: Hard to beat. Do-
1: then you threw in the Inquisitor later on, you know. Yeah, and it was just
0: a cheaper Vader.
1: Right. Which was hard as hell to beat. And then you know, and then as it progressed, when you look at but but it was always about pilot skills. So if you were if you were gonna fly higher pilot skill ships, you had to always fear you know, you feared the the generics back then because there was no cost there was no cost for putting a generic out in the middle of everything and having all the other ships run into it. There was no. Right. And
0: if, it, if it died, it had virtually no effect on your list. It was kind of there to just disrupt things. In the sec- only-
1: well, in second edition, you got to think about it. Second edition changed from pilot skill to initiative. And, and it also changed the range from one to six instead of one to nine.
0: Well, they also did a couple of, they did one other thing in that they pointed ships based on how good they were, not, before it used to be ships were pointed strictly off of their initiative. So like you could tell the good, the good pilots were always like the pilot skill nines, pilot skill tens, pilot skill sevens were the higher cost in that particular chassis and the generics were always the lowest now at second edition when they were able to adjust the points you could have a pilot skill four or an initiative four ship be more points than an initiative five ship simply because that initiative five is a generic
1: At the same time though when you look at where we're at now with 2.5 having a pilot skill so a skill on the pilot
0: yes that's another big deal is
1: so much better than just having a ship that you're throwing on the board that's probably going to get knocked off the board because of the fact that it's not that good of a ship in comparison to the other ones. Now, of course, not all not all pilot abilities are great or good, but,
0: but it's 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 but literally it's cheaper. Something. It's little literally cheaper than doing the generics. And the other side to that are the loadouts. The fact the, the, the I, it's interesting how they balance that out is that the named pilots have higher loadout values than the generics do. So it quite literally makes no sense anymore to take a generic because the loadout points are basically free. So why wouldn't you do it as a like that's legitimately the direction they're putting the game and I kind of get like the more I've had time to think about this the more I've had time to sit on this Chris's argument was originally something along the lines nobody wants to play with generic pilots like there's no fun it's not narrative it's not fun to sit down and play with no name pilot A and no name pilot B you want to play with Vader you want to play with Luke you want to play with Biggs and it's better that those ships have names because you can kind of attach the narrative to it. And I kind of like that. I do kind of clarify it is, it a little but, bit.
1: Sorry, but it Sean. is the prog- well, real quick. Just, it's just, the progression of the game, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is the progression of the game.
2: It's yeah, so what I wanted to say. That is like right, there are people who want to fly generics. But right? if I could still fly AFOS, FOs I would.
0: If I could I'd still fly, fly
2: the eight initiative one FOS, I would and right? I, I enjoy it. That statement is People who don't play X Wing don't get into X Wing to play eight X one. Yeah, I, no,
0: I, I and I get that. Yeah, I, you're right. That's yeah. correct. No, no they're, one they're gonna buy Yeah. What I can say, though, is if nothing else that tells you the healthy state of the game, one of the things that always, always, always bothered me from wave four on in X-Men that always bothered me was the cool characters that you wanted to play from Star Wars, the Luke Skywalkers, your Darth Vaders, your big characters like that that you knew from the movies. Because of the way the game was designed and how it was released, from first you know wave one up to up to wave four ten, I forget how how high it went up before first edition came to an end. Those ships became obsolete. Like to the point like it was ridiculous to even field one because there was something out there that was more points efficient, had more abilities, had more had more upgrades that were there, they were capable of taking. And because of the limitations of the game the way they were doing it before, they were limited to what was printed on the card. You couldn't even take certain upgrades with them because they didn't exist whenever that the, those cards were originally designed. So it always was a weird feels bad kind of moment that, yeah, you want to play Luke Skywalker, but Luke Skywalker is no good. The, X, the, the T65 well, chassis was no good. I do think, cam- though,
1: I think after wave three, X-Wing was developed in reverse, where they were trying to put things in wave four that would always help wave three or wave two or wave one to bring power because the power creep was so bad. Every wave that came out.
0: Mm hmm. That well, that's where you started getting some of those correction box sets. Like you get like your, your rebel aces that fixed the point values on, um, a wings, for example, that allowed them to drop the missiles and dro- lower the points kind of thing. That's where you got fixed cards that came out to,
1: to help horrible, horrible way to design a game.
0: Yep. You and I, we said that at the time, and we said, I still agree with it now. That You could tell that if you're correcting the points for that, there should have been t- talk about an addition change at that point.
1: Well, it, it, you know, it's almost like you're retconning the game. Every exactly. new wave that came out, you have to retcon the game so that it can keep up with the newest wave. The only wave that really wasn't a prime driver wave was wave five, because you got the decimator and you got the YT-2400. Correct, you know, and then after that, when you put scum in, scum was already ahead of the head of the rest, as far as power and ability
0: yeah and it, but it wasn't
1: ar- it wasn't for ships, but it was for power and ability. now, their problem is is they were so limited in the beginning well and and the the, ar- the, I, the and,
0: argument for making uh, scum more powerful whenever they first came out was of course, was that you needed to make them more powerful to make people want to play them. The downside to that is it skewed the power level, and it just made the game at that juncture. It's, it, it, it was a constant power creep. Every right. new wave and had something that was bigger and stronger. Where you,
1: to- you saw the toilet seats come out, you saw the better yep. wings come out. Yep. You saw all the things that were problematic from wave four on really start to hit ahead at that point. And, you know, that's when I my interest in everything with the game started to change because I couldn't run the ships that I wanted to run in tournaments and be competitive i run into war on x-wings y-wings and b-wings and you just yeah. really couldn't do it you know then you put geary out there with that whole slew of shit that oh, came God. with those and then the bomb fest you know so then because people were pissed off because tlt's were so powerful we have to morph the game into this bomb fest game and Every and why, and did. why
0: did TLTs get invented because you had turrets that were the turret mechanic was kind of broken. I mean,
1: we're, we're down a rabbit
2: hole of shit that happened 50 billion years ago, so and I'm this gonna pull true. us back into like modern My stuff point just to address is- Sean's thing there. So, like, current rebel list, Sean. I'm just gonna grab a couple because I've managed to find a Google document. So, we've got like Wedge, Garvin, Jake Farrell, Bodie Rock. so U Wing and A Wing, two X Wings. Let's find Not another bad. random rebel list. Um, Luke, Wedge, Fenrow in the Shifapede, and Dutch Vander in the Y-wing. Okay. Um, Wedge, Luke, super, super Ezra dramatic. in the Tie Fighter, Cassian in the U-wing. Yep. I love that. Um, I love it. Wedge, Luke, Fane, and then Ezra in the uh, Tie Fighter.
1: But you're seeing you're uh, seeing a commonality in that, though. You're seeing yeah. Luke and Wedge. But- because I
0: mean,
1: they are the best, best play,
0: play. Like should. But it's
1: not like,
2: can you imagine being upset that you turn up to an you see like an event and there's a bunch of Luke and Wedge on the table? Can I you imagine? How fucked does, do we have to be as a community that that's a bad thing? They,
0: the, so the people that are making those complaints didn't walk into events towards the tail end of wave one. Whenever you had a whole bunch of ships on that, if you were an, a casual Star Wars fan and you walked up to a game of X-Wing at that point in time and looked at the ships on the board, go, I don't know any of these. These are from Star well, Wars.
1: A big problem with that, though, was because they crapped out the the hacks that allowed everybody to play everything in 2.0 you yeah, know, which was a horrible kits conversion of that, kits, which was a horrible <laughs> idea. So I, 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 I
0: know why they did it and the more and more. I, I agree 100% so. with Chris. This was a bad idea.
2: So I randomly stopped to another location. So I've got two imperial lists and a republic list. So Darth Vader and the tie defender, love it, a tie a tie Reaper. But we would never Ooh. see TIE Reapers. Obviously, AMG have errated the Reaper to be a may for its ailerons. So oh, it's right. no longer like a a sh- it doesn't feel as shit to fly anymore. And right. then a three time mini swarm with Iron Bersio and two Jingles. I love it. Um, then we have the Republic Squad's Anakin in an A to two. Hawk, contra- Contrail, Quick, and then Kickback. So a torrent, two V-wings, a LAT, an Anakin, right? Uh, that, uh, you know, a mix of clones and a Super Jedi. That feels cool. I, yeah, I wanna absolutely. see Anakin supported by a bunch of clones with a LAT, like the LAT being on his was a cool model. I think you, um, can
0: t- you can tell the health of a meta by the variety. And if you're seeing a variety the- of ships and a variety of builds, that's a good thing.
2: Uh, one of the conversations we had in the Discord, Right, an ongoing one for last week or so was about which Vader do you pick. The other uh, Empire list I randomly stopped on is Vader in the tie advanced.
0: I, and I love so that, that ship is... one
2: defender list, one uh, advance list. That so, was one,
0: that was one of the first ships that got completely obsoleted um, from wave one. That always felt bad to me. The fact that Vader wasn't a more pro because he had a bad dial, and again, early design phase for that dial, he was stuck with that dial forever, stuck with his weird. abilities forever.
1: He had it. No, it's the fact that he shot two shots. He had two offensive dice, Just to, well, to kill killed him. That's and true. then they, they remember they retconned it later by giving they, him a third one.
0: They did. That's why Felvator yeah. Vader was the thing.
2: Um, was a resistance list here. All right, three X wings and uh, right, three of the good names, and then Greer in the A wing. Right, that more mean, rebels. Like- um. First order, uh, There's every you know uh, James is list James Masters, one of our list uh, our patrons, right? Um, Paul, Kaz, ZZ and Greer. So, yeah, see, like, that sounds um,
0: fantastic. I love that.
2: Yeah, a resistance salad kind of thing. I, like, There's so much. Like, there's a YT layer in the YT thirteen hundred. Right? Like, you're seeing falcons on the table. I'm not saying like. For this conversation, I don't care what made cut. I'm not talking about winning. We're not that sure. Oh, yeah, I'm looking no, yeah. at what people want They're to playing. fly.
1: Yeah,
2: and yeah, it's and the beauty it I, of it
1: is the beauty of it is, is you're not seeing a bunch of generics on the on the field anymore. You're seeing cool pilots
0: and a cool and a cool variety of ships. And yep. I think it's I know there were a lot of naysayers in the original. Whenever AMG got you know got the game, and everyone was afraid of what was going to happen and they started making some announcements like oh my god what are they going to do this road thing is really weird okay we got past road roads not so bad but these mission things are kind of weird and I, I like maybe well, maybe well the question i would have doing?
2: is like if squad building is solved why are all of these lists so different
0: because i don't like, think i don't think it is i don't think that it needs to like i like I, said, I go back to my original statements i think the sign of a good Solid meta, competitive meta is one that includes a lot oh, of. Variety. I think
2: I've found one list that uses all the same pilots. I've not checked the upgrades yet, but um, the, there's a second Rebel squad that I've hit, which is Wedge, Luke, Fane, and Ezra. So, like, that one is the first duplicate. And I, I remember seeing
0: but like, I can honestly, like I can tell you time and time again, events and event event after event that I participated oh. in where you participate, where you played against the same list over and over and over again. Like whenever the TLT list came out, I can't tell you the number of times I played quad TOTs on Y-wings. I can't tell you the number of games that I played against at, competitively at worlds, no less. Like I played that list three times at worlds because that was-
2: Merrick Steele. Wamper and two jingoists Merrick it. Steele in a list. I love it. Like, love it. Um yeah, then for uh, so many. It's just like I've I'm enjoying like when was the last time we as a show looked at, at something like this? It's a been genuine a question. It's like, been, been a, a genuine It's been no interest in going through and that no. didn't occur. But yeah. like this is fun. Uh, well, because
0: it, like second edition fell into the same loop where first edition was that you had your lists, like you could you you had lists and there would be multiple copies of that list. That's that well, that's where the game was.
1: I'll be honest with you though, Ed. I think also on top of that, you had upgrade cards competing with pilots.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And that was a problem with it because you would cut a good pilot for a lesser pilot for a a good upgrade card. Correct. Rather than the other way around, most of the time you were cutting stuff because of upgrade cards because you couldn't fit enough spam into that thing, you know, to make it so that it was, you know, that that it was literally, you know, uh, min-maxed to the maximum in that list. Yep. And nowadays because of loadout values and because ship values are which is i think what some people are still complaining about list building are having an issue with because they think the loadouts are too big but you know what i would rather have i'd rather have ships i want on the board with better loadouts because it makes it more of an exciting game you know well it, i think, it's think
0: awesome. go ahead, go uh, I so think if nothing else that they've been able to prove <laughs> is that, you know, we'll we'll trip over each other it's not like we've been doing this forever I think one of the things I love is the fact that they, they can adjust that if, if they feel like they've got a loadout value wrong they change it they've proven that because they did it whenever they just did their most recent point change they up, up and down individual loadouts like th- that's adjustable that that can be changed just like I was I was just praising Games Workshop is putting out the best version of 40k that I've played in. And one of the reasons I gave for it is because of the constant updates that get done to it. They adjust points, they adjust things like that. AMG is doing the same thing where they are adjusting points, they are adjusting loadout values to try to balance out the game. It can be done, and I think they're doing it the right way.
2: The, the thing that I really want to push back against a little bit here, and like generally, I've tried really hard for to not veer too much into a negative side or of like either side of the discussion or the argument we have made pretty clear that we the game's kind of gone in a direction we like and we've be also been honest about things we didn't like. Like you two have fucking bitched and moaned about Republic for the last three months or whatever. And I I'm yeah, well because I got
0: my ass kicked by it. Three, no, I, I, I,
2: you know what I mean? Like I, I, I generally it wasn't, don't I don't necessarily
0: was, it was Jedi in general. Yeah.
2: I don't think we're shy about saying the things we don't like or saying the things we do like, you know, we're not pandering to our audience. We're just.
0: Or pandering like. to AMG, they're like we're, yeah. we're not. I but, just don't like, like what they are doing overall.
2: The thing that bothers me a little bit, and I don't want to dwell on it as like a topic or, a, a, you know, a thing, a talking point per se, but there was a, long, a lot of pre all of the stream starting. It's like, oh, man, AMG's not said anything. We're not doing anything. I'm really worried about X-Wing. Then stuff started coming. Then it was like, oh, it keeps getting delayed. Why is it keep getting delayed? Then we got it. And then, oh, man, I hope they listen to ch- like, we change a bunch of stuff because I don't like it. And then three months later, they change a bunch of the stuff and now uh, people are saying it's changing too quick. And I'm like, and pick, pick one. <laughs> i've i don't want to fall into his trap but i see like right from the outside looking in it, it's quite, kind of obvious it's like well person a is saying this and then person b says a new complaint it's not always the same person well, saying
0: right
1: but there's actually a parallel to that chris because i remember when 2.0 first came out or actually towards the end of 1.0 but 2.0 comes out and, oh, they're not releasing ships fast enough, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, they start cannon shooting them out. And they're releasing too many ships too fast. They're releasing too many ships. And it's like nobody, nobody's really going to be happy with anything, it seems like. And that's what,
2: that's what I mean. I, intellectually, I've kind of gathered it. I, I know it's not the same people. And even if it is yeah. like one person's the same, the vast majority of the groups aren't the same people. So i get that but anyone who's saying that they they were worried about what they did and that they're not listening to people like you have to acknowledge that the game has they've done a lot of changes addressing the things that people were complaining about and that's not to say that they've fixed it in a way that everyone should be happy with i'm not i'm not here to sell you you know amg being the best thing in the world all i'm saying is they don't appear to be scared of change and they're proactively doing stuff. So Which for is, better off or for worse, that should be something that we're happy about as a community, that we have and, a developer who's engaged with the game and is trying to make it the best game they can. And
1: yeah. the other thing is, the proof is that it's being signed off by Lucasfilm. Yeah. You know, so Disney's given the OK to make all these changes. So what does that tell me? It tells me that, well, everybody who's in the development sign seems to be on board. Now we just have to see what happens now, because we know that they've got to be running out of the the Fantasy Flight chips and stuff. It's got to happen at some point in time
0: which yeah, means we'll, what's Chris is saying. We'll know whenever the text of the text of the cards reduces. Well, no, no offense to my FFG friends, but like eventually we're going to get to that point where like, Oh, this one only has like three words on it because it makes sense. It's short and brief. and right. concise. Not this upgrade card. that's like a novel that you have to read.
1: It still doesn't uh, make sense and still has to be. Carada. And, and right. FAQ.
0: Yep. hmm. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. Um,
2: I mean, I hope
1: that AMG
2: writes more concise cards because this is purely selfish. I'm tired of the rules question group sometimes. <laughs> oh, like, no. I I get it, guys. The cards are a pain in the ass. Aster- and like, I, this is going to sound mean, and it's not supposed to. Why like, I went? I'm in the middle of trying to teach someone to play, and people are shouting at me across the room on fr like last Friday. Like, Chris, how would this interact now with these cards? And I'm like, I don't know. Have you got like you've got to bring me the cards to read? Right. Because there's I can't make a snap judgment based on paraphrased information anymore because there's too many words on the card. You can't you you can't do that. Yeah, you can't judge by the seat of your pants anymore. You have to sit down and everything's a chore with it. And you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Oh, it was, it was, a, it was a rules question. Um, this was Wedge, Wedge Antilles in the A-Wing, his ability is the same as in the X-Wing. So if you perform a primary attack, I'm doing this from memory, by the way. So, <laughs> refer, you know, if I get a word wrong, I apologize. But, um, when you perform a primary attack, if the defender is in your front arc, you reduce its agility value by one. Or we reduce the number of dice rolled by one. Um, but then if you put vectorized cannons on it, his front arc attack changes to be a turret attack, it's still a primary. So the question was asked in the group, if you're firing out of the, with the turret to a rear, can you trigger his ability? And the answer is yes, the attacker has to still be like the, you're you're attacking with a primary attack, even though it's a Turex, it's still your primary now, and it's facing backwards. But if a defender happens to be in your front arc, which is a large base ship that you are at the side of, you can engineer a situation where you can shoot out of the back of Wedge's A-Wing with a defender in the front arc. So that would trigger. So the answer is yes, but X, Y, and Z needs to be in play. But I'm still getting people trying to. I, I had to delete a, a bunch of comments that were saying no. Then I had to, like, so I put the, what the answer is and then left it and then came back and there's still a bunch of people saying no. I'm like. It's
1: because it's because in those groups, nobody reads the comment. it, yeah.
2: And that's what I mean. So I'm like, I ended up, I deleted 99% of the comments on the question and then just closed it. Like, no mm-hmm. more comments. Because this is the answer. It can, yes, it can trigger, but but it can only trigger. And I, I didn't actually. I'm paraphrasing my own answer. My answer was: if the defender is in your front arc and you can shoot them out, out of your back arc for your primary attack, then yes, his ability would trigger. Right,
1: met because if because
2: because again, people don't read the answer, the full answer. If I say yes, explanation, all they will read is yes. So you have to start off with the explanation and put the answer later on, because right. I've learned:
1: Well, it, it's called attention span, and yeah. I'm more important than the person who wrote the correct answer, so <laughs> I'm not going to read their crap, you know yeah, that's why I got out of rules groups long ago because man, it just it gets too it's too cutthroat in trying to trying to explain rules to people anymore because it's opinion based now. Yeah. It gets difficult.
2: Hey ho, whatever. Hey, Chris, um,
1: real, really quick. Our conversation before the show. Yeah, uh, if if you'll recall, um, he is alive. Right. Oh, okay. Cool. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers.
0: I have no idea what that's about. <laughs> okay.
1: Why was too many spoilers? Anyway. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> How do you just leave it
1: like that?
2: Well, because we're still recording. I'm not editing.
1: Oh, Yeah, God. that was on purpose.
0: Oh, thanks. Cool. Will not start for
1: recording? you. Not for yeah. We can talk to you about it after, yeah, if you want cool. to hear it. If you yeah, want to
0: hear I, it, now I want to know. Okay.
1: You but, may um, not after. You may not after that. Yeah. It's okay. We'll, we'll, let stop because I don't
0: want any spoilers. Yeah. All right. So we'll stop there. We'll stop there, yeah. and then I'll, the second um, we the second Chris says, "All right, I've stopped recording." I'm like, "All right, what the hell was that about?" Yeah.
2: So that, that's the one thing I wanted to go over really was like the the current like we're very early in this in this cycle, but the fact that it feels like uh I don't I I I wanna call it it feels like a Star Wars y meta.
0: Yeah. And I uh, like it, I think that's good. That's healthy. It
1: feels more like a movie meta.
2: Yeah, it might it might shake out that it's a Tyswan meta because they won, but I don't feel like it will. It doesn't feel I don't feel like TIE swarm is the best list. I don't know what the best list is, but I feel like there's a lot of design space um, of development space for us as players to play around with an explore, because I do think that a bunch of us are still locked into 2.0 playstyles as well. Great. So, agreed. Uh, I did have another topic, but I think it's a long topic, so I might save that one
0: yeah since i do have to get up and go to work tomorrow like physically going to work tomorrow so i appreciate that all right well that's going to do it at least we closed out on some solid x-wing conversation we'll go ahead and close out the show on this one so sean always good talking to you my friend it's great to be here chris always good talking to you
2: yeah it's great to be here uh thanks to everyone for tuning in i'm glad people have been uh like at taking part in the, uh, discussions on, on the discord. It's been kind of a couple of new people seem to be joining every week now. And uh, the conversations are flaring up more and more often, which is good to see. Uh, we've still got our like little painting group going on in there for all of the non X-wing stuff, even though people do paint X-wing ships as well.
1: It
0: does so
2: happen. Make sure you, you check for show notes, jump on in there. Um, my. Other X-Wingy show that I was doing with Bruno and Zach, uh, episode one of Bad Ideas, went pretty well. I had some good feedback for that as well. Um, some complaints about language. But, I mean, I, I don't know how to tell Bruno to not swore, so uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he doesn't know many English words, so what are you going to do?
0: At least he knows, all <laughs> the right, he knows all the right ones, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that,
2: that's an insult to Bruno. His English is better than mine he wouldn't tell you that but it's true um but yeah so check out that one that's been on the feeds as well um like said earlier Dice Hate news is progressing there should be more stuff coming i'm hoping to be able to relaunch a website in in the summer and have a bunch of content ready to go for that and yeah it's been stressful um I'm going to say month. I think it's kind of carrying over and it's probably only going to build up more and more as we get closer to um, September and um, due dates for Second Kid and everything. But I'll do my best to keep uh, making stuff with everyone and trying to churn out content. So thanks everyone for putting up with me.
0: Anytime. Happy to. All right. I think that's going to do it for this one. To do uh, apologize for a little bit of a shorter show, but we'll fill it in with hours and hours of discussion on the next one, I'm sure. So until next time, guys, as always, fly casual.
1: I'm I waiting. In, sh- in showtime.
0: What's that? Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all the latest episodes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.